Welcome to the Helping Hands podcast with me, Gail Louise Turner. On this podcast, I will be chatting to inspirational people and I will be finding out about their life story, their influences and how they give that extra helping hand every day. If you'd like to follow me, please go to my Facebook, which is Gail Louise Turner or on my Instagram, which is Gail GLT. Each episode of the Helping Hands podcast will be having an accompanying Spotify playlist with my guest musical influences. This can be found under Helping Hands podcast playlist on Spotify. Now it's time to sit back and relax and enjoy the show. My guest today, Grace, discusses how she has actually overcome her mental breakdown. She discovers that her greatest achievement is just to be in the moment and her greatest gift of all is just self-love. She is a pioneer for helping others and she has miraculously found that the only way to help others and herself is just to be herself and don't worry. A truly inspiring lady. So um, I'd like to welcome Grace today to the Helping Hands podcast. Thank you so much for participating today. So hi, Grace, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, thanks so much for having me, Gail. I really appreciate it. So I'm Grace. I'm based in Wolverhampton in the West Midlands. And um, yeah, I'm a mental health advocate and self-love advocate, Um, yeah, I very much kind of want to share my experiences with mental health and self-love in the hope that I can help others. That's amazing. So so do you believe in helping others then? And do you believe in sort of um, spirituality or is it more of like an extra helping hand that, that you believe? Um, oh, good question. So um, fundamentally, I think I've, 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 grown up um just with this innate sort of knowing that for me helping others um makes me feel really good as well as sort of obviously helping other people as well um I've been drawn to sort of that sector have worked in the charity sector for all of my career um have always been a person that wanted to kind of lend a helping hand or support people in times of need um and I'd say yeah I'm, I'm quite a spiritual person um very much so have developed that over the last few years um definitely feel that you know my purpose is to to support people is just to kind of help them feel a little bit better um and I believe that you know if I can help if I can help at least one person um change the way they're feeling or improve the way they're feeling then then that's more than enough for me that sounds um, positive that is absolutely amazing so I'm, go- I'm going to go back to the beginning then so y- you've already explained a few little bits there but I- what I'd like to know is what what do you do for a living and do you have any family and support networks to help you yeah absolutely so um I work in the charity sector at the moment, so I work in a communications role, um, have done for the past 15 or so years. So, as I mentioned, always kind of drawn to the sectors where, 
you're helping people and you can see the the physical and the tangible difference that you're making um, to to other people's lives. Um, so I work predominantly in a communications role in a charity environment for a healthcare charity in Wolverhampton at the moment. And I'm also an aspiring uh, mindfulness teacher and coach. So um, mindfulness has been a practice in my life that changed the game for me really. Um, had struggled with some mental health issues. Um, you know, if, I, if I'm very honest with myself, probably most of my life, um, uh, but, but very much came to a head last year, in, in August last year. And mindfulness for me was the practice um, that really changed the game for me, sort of helped me to, um, to see uh, where perhaps, uh, where perhaps some of my thoughts and some of my feelings were deriving um, my behaviour, really. Um, and I mean, I, I'll, I'm sure I can talk about it in more detail at a later point, but mindfulness is very much for me a way of living now where I'm, I'm sort of very aware where, when I'm going onto autopilot, uh, when I'm doing things sort of blindly and without realising why I'm doing them or, or the reason behind them. Um, and yes, I mean, I'm incredibly lucky to have um, a fantastic support network of family, small, close family, um, and um, some wonderful friends who I class as family as well. I'm very blessed to have um, some really, really good people around me. And I think that's so, so important, um, particularly when, and I know in my own personal experience, perhaps when I haven't looked after myself too well, um, they've been there to kind of pick me up. And when I've not felt so lovable they've continued to love me so yeah having a, a really good support network of family and friends around me is is massively important so are you quite open and honest with what sort of go on when you've had your struggles do you have that sort of you say they're very supportive are, are you are you sort of able to talk to them through any issues you have and they've come to you with sort of important strategies are, are, they, are they quite open-minded and they kind of understand mindfulness and um and those sort of holistic therapies and the practice do, do they understand all that of you had to sort of reach out and teach them or, or are they quite aware of of what goes on around everything so um, I would definitely say that the, um, it, there's been a big shift in the last 12 months or so. Um, so whilst um, whilst I thought that maybe I was kind of very open and honest in, in my feelings and my struggles, I realise now that perhaps not only was I not being honest and communicating with my family and friends, but I wasn't also being honest and communicating with myself about some of the things that I was struggling with. Um, so definitely in the last 12 months, um, particularly around August last year, I, I really struggled with my mental health. I'd started to, um, what I now understand is, um, is suffer with really bad anxiety um, that it had built, you know, hindsight's an amazing thing. I, it had built over many, 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 many years, um, but I'd just done, I'd done a very good job of just kind of pushing things down and, um, you know, actually, I think this this kind of this innate need and ability to want to help others has has is has been wonderful for me, but has also probably kind of led me to put my own needs to the bottom of the pile. Um, so I, I realise now that actually I'd started to struggle a long, long time before um, before I, I before I realised that I'd become really, really poorly. So in August last year. Um, I, I had quite a, a, a bad 
panic attack. It's the first, it's the first um, panic attack I've ever experienced. Um, and I remember sitting sort of on my living room floor. Um, the, the absolute smallest thing had set me off. I think it was an email from a work colleague um, just sort of asking me um, when I was going to hand in a certain paper. And, you know, that's that's not normal. That's not out of the ordinary, sorry, for a colleague to ask me that sort of thing. But it just it triggered something in me and um, the anxiety started to rise. I started to panic. I couldn't breathe. Um, I started crying and I just continued crying for a good sort of eight hours and was very aware that this isn't this isn't probably good or normal behavior and I, I, I'm reluctant to use the word normal I'm kind of doing it in air quotes um is there any sort of thing as normal behavior or what we just find as normal but it was out of the ordinary for me um and it was at that point that I reached out to an incredibly good friend and I also reached out to a member of the family just sort of over the phone and, you know, really struggling to make sense of what was happening to me, you know, that these tears and this emotion was coming and I had no idea where it was coming from and I just sort of couldn't control it really. Um, and that sparked off um, what turned out to be um, five really long, hard months of recovery, um, having to reach out to different professionals. I was I was signed off work for a good five months or so um, because I realized that I'd, I'd just completely neglected my own my own needs. Um, and I wasn't being honest with people. I was struggling. I was striving to be this absolute pinnacle of perfection, the perfect, you know, daughter, the perfect friend, the perfect colleague. Um, and was basically killing myself in, in the process of trying to do that. So, um, no, I don't think I was probably as completely honest with, with my close network as, as I could have been. Um, but when, when the time came that I was really struggling, without a doubt, I reached out to them and they had been incredibly supportive, many of whom had sort of admitted, you know, that they've perhaps not gone through their own mental health struggles so had admitted that they are they they maybe perhaps struggled to uh, to understand what I was going through but they were actually quite willing to listen and to learn about what was going on and um yeah I, I owe them my life really I really do they've they've given me the time the space um and when I found mindfulness practice absolutely have let me talk their ears off about it um not only about the practice that I found really useful for me but obviously a little more about my want and my need to start kind of offering that support for other people too that that's so amazing <laughs> that, that you've had that extra support and and you've recognized what's happened to you and have you always found yourself to be a sort of in that sort of counselor role over the years and at this point you have hit rock bottom and it's been a sort of a shock to you because you've always been there for everybody else and it, it's been a shock to you because it's so unusual for this to happen to you and because this has happened to you now have you sort of taken two step backs and sort of put plans in place to look after yourself and health and well-being have you really sort of thought to yourself my gosh this this isn't right where where has this come I've always been that council role and this has happened is is it really affected you yeah it has and then, you know I actually it wasn't even until um I struggled with my own mental health that I'd realized 
you know that I just that the word I use is 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 neglect I'd like I'd neglected myself really and um always you know um wanting to wanting to please people wanting people to feel good about themselves wanting people to feel nice and not uncomfortable um so I kind of call my maybe kind of call myself a bit of a recovering people pleaser um because absolutely I, I just want wanted people to feel good essentially you know and I think that comes from an innate need in me is wanting to feel you know I want to cover those feelings of love and and feeling good about myself and I kind of realize now that that was a bit of a a mask maybe that I wasn't perhaps loving myself very much and wasn't feeling very good about myself so I tried really hard to help others feel good about themselves um and a bit like you said it's kind of falling into that very sort of counsellor type role was very much sort of the person that would people would come to for advice or um a, a friend had described me as the most wisdomous person that she knew and at the time I thought that was really really lovely and it still is um but I kind of realize now that 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 the offset of putting everybody else's needs first were were to put mine at the bottom of the pile so um you know always going the above and the extra mile at work um you know before I went off and I absolutely adore my job but you know always wanting to say yes wanting to um wanting to help people in their roles and wanting to get bits and pieces moved forward never saying no but you know that then I then realized that that turned into sort of, you know, regular 10, 11, 12 hour working days, working in into weekends and into holiday time. Um, and conversely, on the other side, for as hard as I worked, I played hard too, you know, so I was unlucky to have, um, you know, some close friends and, and quite a few acquaintances and, and wanting to kind of, you know, always saying yes to social invitations and, and going out to people. And I just realized that I was just exhausting myself with with um, with kind of agreeing to other people's commitments. And, you know, that there was never there was never a, a, a conscious ask on me. It was never a demand of, you know, you've got to do this or, you know, you have to complete this work and you have to stay late at night. Or there was never a friend saying, you know, if you don't come out with me, then we're going to fall out. This was just something that I took on myself, really, of, uh, you know, I have to do this. I have to oblige um, and fulfill everybody else's needs. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, the breakdown came from just a, uh, pure exhaustion you know I'd, my body had to break before my mind did so by the time that I am um, by the time that I was signed off work I was having really severe chest pain my my joints and my hips were aching you know I was quite regularly exercising but you know for a I'm going to say moderately <laughs> fit young person uh, I was it was really struggling with with lots of pain um I developed eczema for the first time in my life um and that for me was um seeing the eczema looking at myself in the mirror and seeing sort of like this it was a physical representation of the neglect I'd put myself through essentially it was seeing it in the mirror was a bit of a stark right you can't you can't ignore this anymore all of the stuff that was going on internally you know the not feeling you know the pain inside you know I could I could explain that away because it was only me that I had to deal with it didn't affect anybody else um but you know seeing it as you know those 
prominent red patches of of on my skin on my face on my legs you know I couldn't hide it anymore um so yeah I I, I realize now that the value of we hear so often don't we that quote of you have to put your own mask on before you help others and that you know I just heard it on the peripheral um it took quite a, a hard and severe crash for me to realize that actually the best way to care for others is to care for yourself first well it's such an inspiring story there um so and i hope you don't mind me me asking this so the the, the sort of the stress and and everything that you've uh, you've sort of experienced was a shock to you and it's and it's had an effect on your body have you have you had any sort of other triggers if you've looked back you you explained to me that it happened at work have you have you sort of researched what sort of symptoms you've had and and have you you actually gone back sort of to the psychological um Mm. issues and actually thought to yourself well this was because of this or Mm. have you just sort of said okay so this is it now this has happened um the universe has stopped me from what I need to do and I need to step back now have you done a lot of research because um, you sound like you are very knowledgeable about mindfulness, and we'll go on to that in just a second. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, I'm just trying to 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 realize because you are intelligent, lady, how how it's sort of affected your body and mm-hmm. and where you've wh- how far have you gone with it, really? Yeah. So actually, I would say that a, a big part of my recovery was was learning, you know, about what had happened to me. So at first, it was very much kind of researching the physical effects. So, you know, I understood that a certain amount of stress on the body is, you know, um, when you're in stress mode, your your body releases cortisol. And, you know, that's absolutely what it should do when we're in a, you know, a fight or flight situation. It's designed to get you you know, to just move your body to run when there's a fire. Um, but, you know, my, my stress response was being triggered every day, really, from the smallest of things. And I hadn't even realised um, that it was being triggered. So, um, it, you know, it just kind of the effect on, on my body had really, you know, I was very unwell and I just kind of explained, you know, pushed it away um tried to explain it as as you know lots of different things you know I mean this happened in the height of you know just as we were all going into lockdown um you know trying to perhaps explain that it was oh it's just because of this little bit of stress at work it's a stressful period or you know I took it upon myself that um during covid i was you know i was going to do the shopping for my elderly parents you know it just kind of took everything on myself really um and absolutely, I'm a, fir- I'm a firm believer now, just like you'd said, Gail, you know, that this was almost a bit of a sign from the universe of going, you need to stop now, because if you, if you carry on, it's going to be, it's going to end up much, much worse. Um, yeah, so I, I've kind of done lots of exploring and, you know, and also another part of my recovery was, you know, going into counselling and psychotherapy and looking back you know, perhaps where some of this might have derived um, from. And, you know, that was quite, it's a a real eye opener, really, you know, it's um, to look back and and reflect on perhaps where these patterns have come from Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense, you know, and I was glad I did that work. I was glad that I looked back to see if I could spot perhaps where where things had started and and you know I'm, I'm quite happy to share that it was something as simple as as a very very young girl um, at three years old 
um, going into nursery to her on her first day, um, being told by um, her nursery teacher that um, I'll recount a story. So uh, there were a, a table of girls and a table of boys. Um, and I, for some reason, was put on the table with all the boys. Um, and I remember going to my nursery teacher at the time and saying, you know, well, well, can I sit with the girls? And she just told me flat out, no, you're different. You go and sit over there. And it was sort of a just I, I look back now that there was a moment in me of sort of perhaps that was I'd learned a very young age of, you know, you don't need to speak up, you know, like or if you do speak up or you do kind of try and assert your own needs and your own wants, um, they perhaps get ignored or pushed to one side. And it's just interesting kind of doing that that reflection work and looking back and seeing, you know, I've, I've noticed patterns in my life since of perhaps every single time that I felt the need to, to speak up about my own wants and needs. Um, that triggers in me, that memory triggers in me of, well, you know, you can, but actually there's no point in there's no point in doing so. So I'm glad I, I took the opportunity to look back and, and kind of figure out where that had where that had derived from. But I also knew that I wanted to get to a point where I wanted to sort of, you know, close that close that off now, you know, is um, is find a way to move forward and look at the different coping mechanisms. So perhaps when I'm feeling that 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 triggered feeling of, you know, that your needs aren't important. I can recognise that it's that three-year-old little girl who's, um, you know, afraid to speak up. And, you know, I just do a lot of what, what I'd call, you know, I suppose we call inner child work, really, of, you know, speaking to that little three-year-old girl and saying, you do matter and your needs do count. And it is time to start standing up, start to start stand up for yourself. Okay, so, so that is extremely positive, Grace. So I'm, I'm just going to, to go through the um, holistic therapies now. So I want to know what sort of techniques you're doing. So um, you've just mentioned that um, inner child. So how, how, how do you how do you approach the inner child? I know, I know sometimes people can can listen to a CD, they can do um, they can do a meditation they can do drawings around it they can they can draw a picture of themselves age seven and say this is the emotion i've been feeling this is the this is the solution to to that what sort of um process have you done to look at um, your inner child so initially it was a um a, a few sort of meditation practices um I struggled with meditation to begin with because um, I, and I think like most people do is people have an idea that it's, you know, you've, it's this sort of, um, it's, I, I, I'm hesitant to say the word, but, but my experience was with, it was this sort of almost um, elitist type thing and you had to be really, really good at it. And, you know, I, I know I gave up very, very quickly with meditation because I was like, I'm not achieving these, wondrous states that I know that lots of other people are achieving um, and kind of dismissed it quite quickly but it was actually when I came back and discovered mindfulness that meditation isn't necessarily about achieving anything it's just being it's just kind of sitting and being in the moment it's being rather than doing um, so I revisited it and I did um, a couple of sort of inner child meditations I followed um Jay Shetty, who is the former monk turned motivational speaker. 
he did some really good visual meditations about um, working with the inner child. And actually what I think um, throwing in a bit of mindfulness practice has done for me is now I'm very aware when I'm triggered, when those feelings of, you know, it's, it's not important, you don't need to speak up. I'm very aware now when, when those feelings are triggered. So actually I kind of, you know, if it's appropriate, um, take myself off into um, a quiet room and just kind of close my eyes for five minutes and almost just sort of visualize that little three-year-old me um, and kind of just, I'm just kind of sitting in front of her um, and I'm sort of taking her by the shoulders and just speaking to her and telling her that she's loved and that she's, that she matters, that her opinions matter, that her needs matter. Um, that I'm sorry that some of the adults at the time around her failed her, but actually they did the best they could with the information that they had at the time. And their response was no reflection on, on three-year-old me. Um, and just giving her a little bit of a hug almost now. And it seems to be, um, it seems to have done me quite well just because I'm, I'm very aware now of when that feeling is being triggered. Um, versus perhaps before I'd done the work I now look back and realize that when that feeling was triggered I sought some sort of distraction and my distraction was food um, so it had developed quite um, uh, a binge eating disorder which I now realize um, that I developed and at the time I just thought I'd got really poor self-control and really poor willpower over food um, but I realise and I look back now that when that feeling of not being good enough or not being important enough to speak up was triggered, my way to quell that feeling and to push that feeling down and get rid of it as soon as I could was to find the nearest kind of piece of sugar. Um, and then because that felt so good, you know, whether it was consuming a chocolate bar or cookies, you know, it just felt so good to, to move away from that awful feeling and to get this dopamine hit of the sugar from the food you know it was I just wanted more and more and more of that so um yeah the the awareness for me has been that and has been the biggest key point is now is that I'm, I'm at a point where I'm aware when that feeling is triggered and I'm no longer going into autopilot of trying to distract myself or you know push that feeling down as best I can do you think you have learned from that? Um, has that trigger come come quite a lot through your life? Do you feel sometimes that you are sort of dealing with imposter syndrome where you're not quite sure who you are because this situation keeps happening and you sort of stand there blank and you think to myself, am I worth it? Am I, am I, am I worth um, people spending time with? Am I yeah. worth people's time? Do you, do, you, do you feel that the society people aren't aware as you are? And, and do you sort of struggle with that to try to explain that sort of thoughts and feelings around to other people? Absolutely. And, you know, I feel it on a daily basis, Gail. And, you know, there's, there's kind of one one part of it is being aware of it, um, which is good. Um, but the, the second part is kind of not letting those thoughts or feelings run away with you. So every single day I question whether I'm good enough, you know, and um, there's this, you know, I, I think perhaps my feeling not good enough and not important enough 
resulted in me trying to be the absolute best at everything you know so I was a very high achiever at school I've always done well in my work um you know I, I've always succeeded in a sense um so to get to a point last year where I would just you know I was at I was at the height of my career but you know I got to a point where I just couldn't do it anymore you know I physically couldn't even I couldn't retain any knowledge for for more than sort of a few minutes before getting distracted or forgetting things I just hadn't become very good at my job um you know I've I've a few years back I went through um, a divorce that was really difficult for me because you know I should have done you know I should have been really good at marriage and I should have been the perfect wife and you know just me not succeeding in life for me was just a reminder that that I wasn't good enough if that makes sense um and so, you know, I, I feel it every single day now um, is, you know, if I'm perhaps even just doing the most basic of tasks, you know, I've got to be the absolute best at it and it's got to be perfect. I'm very aware that there's no such thing as perfect and we shouldn't ever strive for perfect. But, you know, it's it's still quite difficult for me. And, you know, with with developing a bit of a mindfulness practice, I'm I'm quite good at it and I and I do it well for me but you know then I do still have times of you know I still have days where I think you're really really bad at this and you're not going to achieve you know you're not going to be successful with it and it's just sort of taking a moment to step back and go you know we, we live in a society society where we expect perfection um or we at least want to we now want to perceive that we're perfect even if we're not um and just one of the most liberating things for me has been the understanding that actually it's far more perfect to be a little imperfect, you know, like it's it's okay, it makes us human. We haven't got to succeed at everything. It's We haven't got to be the best at everything. I even stopped doing a yoga practice because I couldn't do the, the a particular pose very well. So I just got it into my mind that, well, you just need to stop, then you just need to quit. If you can't be the best at it, then just stop. Actually, I'm just now discovering the joy in just doing activities because they feel good to do rather than because there has to be a particular outcome from them. Um, so now I do yoga, I'm, I'm still really bad at it, but I enjoy it or I'm, you know, I'm getting back into a bit of fitness at the moment. My fitness levels are really, really poor, but I'm enjoying the process of getting better and getting fitter. Doesn't mean that I'm never, you know, that I'm needing to, to run a marathon you know maybe just once around the block is enough because I enjoy it so finding a little bit of joy in actually doing rather than striving and achieving for things now I'm going to, I'm going to ask you in a little bit more detail if you don't mind me Grace so mm. I was talking to you about imposter syndrome so mm. when you're in that sort of um if you might forgive me the mental state where you're you're thinking you're not you're you're not good enough is it your mind talk that's thinking that or is it the the people around you who um who, who the society around you who has actually delved that into you through the years and then at that point you've triggered and you've remembered what everybody said to you and and you and you and you're just there and you're thinking to yourself oh my gosh this has happened to me 
what has gone on? Why are all these people successful around me? What do I need to do to, to get their life? Have you felt that, that guilt and you kind of feel betrayed by them because they've done this to you? Or do you feel that you've done this to yourself? I personally feel like it was very much something that I'd done to myself. You know, I, I look back now and I've got never at any point had... I felt pressure or um, expectation from anyone immediately around me. It was very much maybe an expectation that I'd put on myself, you know, so I was never pushed, you know, to to do anything ad- academically that I didn't want to do. I was never pushed into, um, you know, socialising or going out or, or doing things that I didn't want to do. It's very much something that I think I picked up myself. So when that imposter syndrome comes in and that, you know, that you're not good enough and you've got to be better, I very much know that it's coming from me rather than that it's coming from anybody else around me. Saying that, however, I think we're probably also, you know, we very much exist in times where, you know, we have these we see on social media all the time, don't we, these perfect ideals of what you need to achieve or to strive to do to have the perfect life. Um, you know, and I, and I was ticking off all of those things. I was doing really well in my career. I got a nice house. I'd lost those final few couple of pounds. I'd uh, had some really lovely holidays. I was, you know, I'd got all of the things and the stuff and the status of the stuff that I thought would make me happy. And yet I was more, I was more miserable than ever before. Um, And I think it just came down to a realization of you can never have enough stuff. There's, there's, there's going to be an endless supply of stuff that you can get, but unless you're, unless you're at peace with yourself, you're never going to feel happy. Um, you know, and I, can, and I can sit here today, you know, almost 12 months on from, from having that breakdown and, and say, I find happiness, you know, moments of happiness in every single day. And they can just be in, you know, some, doing something as simple as having a cup of tea in the morning. Whereas, you know, I'd perhaps prior to that pinned all of my happiness on having the career or the relationship or the house you know it was it was on things outside of me um and I really realize now that you know happiness is an inside job um so whilst there was nobody directly you know telling me or encouraging me to do things I very much kind of think that I did that to myself you know I've no doubt that I've picked it up from you know the the environment around me of we're drilled in to think you know that this is what you need to do to make you happy and I can 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 empathize with you I think society and we we read the literature we read the newspaper we, we we listen to what people say the television programs and and for years and years and years you get that stigma of you need to do this to be successful you need to yeah. do this and and it's not for everybody and I can absolutely understand that and I said and I, and um you've told me um earlier that you are very curious and you've studied but today you find simple things that make you happy and that is so positive so um this leads me on to to the next question then so what has been your greatest achievement and what things have you actually struggled with and overcome them in relation to what you just said, really? 
So I would say that my greatest achievement is, um, and it's going to sound very cheesy, but I make no apologies for it, is, is learning to, to love myself. Um, because I realised, I remember speaking to um, a, a, the, my therapist when I, when I first went to see them, and I, and I used the expression of, if I saw myself walking down the street, I would turn the other way because I wouldn't want to have a conversation with her. And I just think that's an awful thing to say about anybody. But if you're saying it about yourself, um, you know, I just everything I viewed everything that was wrong with me. Um, So my biggest achievement is to now kind of sit here today and go, do you know what? I'm all right. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I'm all right. I've got a lot of love for myself. And for me to now kind of put some of that into practice and it's and it's small things like, um, oh, for instance, learning to say no to stuff, um, perhaps to, you know, um, perhaps if I've got, an, you know, another work meeting that's come in, but I've already got a really full diary is, you know, I'm not helping anybody by saying yes and trying to cram in another meeting so that I don't upset somebody else because, I've learned the hard way of what happens when you're just trying to do everything and, and please everybody is, is you start to crash. Is so, you know, my biggest achievement is standing up for myself a little bit more. Um, yeah, it's 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 it sounds like a, a very I, I, I look back now and I reflect on, you know, I'm, I'm quite sad that I felt that I didn't have that level of of, of love and appreciation for myself. Um, but it's something that I'm aware of now that it hasn't, you know, it doesn't derive in the way I look or, you know, or my achievements with my career or my relationship status. The love I have for myself comes from, you know, from me, you know, you're a good, kind soul. You do your best by yourself and you do best by other people. And that's all, all I could ever ask of myself or anybody else to do. So in a way it's treat people like you like to be treated and um and I think there with with what you're saying you you do have really really positive leadership skills there and to me you you don't have that materialism you you are much sort of more about the person and you used to be a people pleaser but now you are sort of you are looking at them but you're looking at yourself as well and and you know what I really really like that Grace so I I wonder then whether Covid has actually affected you because you've already had this sort of this 12 months of sort of worry and and pressure and illness which has been affected your body do you feel Covid has made it worse because you've had these sort of restrictions in place and people have stopped you and you've already said you've got this sort of um you've got this special support network with friends and family but do you feel Mm. that covid made you worse and you've had to work a lot harder on yourself Mm. um, and sort of stepped away before you can go back into the fold and actually help others again because that is what you're truly about um Yes and yes and no, I suppose. So from a uh, from a point of view where I was kind of trying to seek support, and you know that's medical support or therapy support or just kind of networks of people that hope that were going through similar. 
that was really, really difficult. You know, the restrictions with, um, you know, speaking to GPs and and not being able to get a face-to-face -face appointment and, um, you know, and not being able to perhaps go and have a coffee with a friend, you know, in person. It was all having to be done online. Um, that felt quite difficult because, you know, I did that I think there's there's so much you can do through a screen and it's really, really powerful and it can connect you with people all over the world. Um, but for me, kind of being able to kind of for people to just a hug, I really wanted a hug, <laughs> you know, a, you know, when I was really, really struggling. Um, all I ever wanted was was just to kind of hug my friends and family and you know, I didn't want them to solve the situation for me, but, you know, just kind of that close bit of human contact, I, th I think would have been really, really beneficial. I can't necessarily say whether it would have speeded up recovery or anything like that, but, you know, that was definitely something that I missed out on. But at the same time, it almost kind of forced me to do that internal work. So I wasn't distracted by, you know, um, being with, with other people all the time and, filling my time with you know going on going to people's houses for coffees and talks and stuff like that it forced me to just kind of go inwards and and take the time to really look at look at myself and perhaps how this had started try and find the roots of the cause and try and find ways of coping to be able to move forward so in a weird way it kind of cut out any sort of distraction for me it allowed me the opportunity to to really just actually you know kind of as I say it out loud now is really put the focus on myself you know I, I wasn't distracted by by wanting to please and to help others it, it, it had no choice but to just be 100% with me did, did, did the solution arise on on itself or um, did you analyze the situation? Did you sort of um, look to sort of holistic therapies um, to analyze the situations or uh, because you said at the beginning you are quite spiritual, has sort of things come to you um, you may be watching a television program or hearing a song and you sort of got that that light bulb moment or I don't know for example watching a film or TED talk and you thought to yourself that is exactly what I am going through. I'm going to use that technique i'm going to research it. i'm going to find out what i need to do because because you had this sort of you had this work life and you had the friend's life and and it was um because you suffered sort of like uh fight or flight you needed to, to solve it did you find things coming to you quite easily um and did that help you yeah so when i you know actually taking the time to rest and to stop things did start to come to me at first, I thought, um, so I think I've always been a, a, a thinker, if that makes sense. I've kind of gone through my life very logically of, um, you know, this is what you need to do. You need to get a good grade at school and then you can get a very good career. And then the next step is to marry somebody and settle down and, you know, kind of like logically planning my way through life. Um, and I, you know, by doing that it's great it's got me you know got me a good career I got married that sort of thing but it, there were moments where I'd kind of find myself stepping back and going huh well is it what I want you know like logically I know that this is supposed to make me happy but if I how do I feel about this is this what I really really want 
So I think having done that, has having been a very sort of logical, practical thinker for a long, long time, I initially thought my way of recovery was to do that, was to logically learn about it. And, you know, and I absorbed myself in books and, like you said, TED Talks and absolutely everything and just filled filled my mind and and my awareness with all of this amazing content and I could you know I could recite a lot of it intellectually to you I'd got a very good intellectual understanding of these theories and perhaps what might what have happened and what would have led me there and I'd got very good kind of intellectual understanding of what I think had happened to me but something still wasn't quite connecting on that soul or that heart level um and then, like you said, it was a bit of a light bulb moment for me. So I remember sitting in my living room and it was in August last year. Um, and, you know, I would just finished another book on the stress response in the body and what happens to you. And, you know, if there's too much stress in the body and just feeling still as stressed as ever, you know, like it, it didn't quell anything. It didn't appease any of those stressful feelings. I just sort of remember saying to myself, I just want five minutes where there isn't a stressful or an anxious thought in my body. And it was almost a bit of a moment of sort of like throw my hands up in the air, threw the books on onto the floor and just kind of grabbed my keys and went out for a walk. Um, and I went for a walk in the in the fields around me. And I sort of noticed that. For the first time even if it was for about five minutes, I hadn't had a stressful and anxious thought. And it was just by looking at perhaps, you know, I was really present in my walk. I was looking at the blue of the sky or I was listening to the sound of the birds or I was looking at all the different colours of green in the leaves or the grass. And it was just sort of a bit of a light bulb moment of in that brief moment, you haven't felt stressed or anxious. You've actually felt quite a bit at peace. So it was just sort of something for me that I then sort of kind of cultivated. So when I when a stressful thought would come back in, perhaps and I was still out on my walk at this point, you know, what if I'm never going to be able to go back to work or why has this happened to me? Why does everybody else get what they want and not me? All of these kind of stressful anxiety inducing thoughts whenever one would pop into my head, I'd then consciously move to, okay, take a look at the, the green next to you or look up at the clouds at the sky or just take a moment to really feel that feel of that sunshine on your skin. And so I found mindfulness, not through textbooks or anything, but by doing it in the moment. And then, you know, I came home and was just like, you know, what is this? Like, what am I doing? What have I done? What is it that, what has given me that reprieve from that awful stress and that anxiety state is just living presently in the moment, being aware of where my head's at and where my thoughts are going. And that noticing when I'm getting stressed or anxious, the solution for me is to just bring it back to that present moment to where I am right here, right now. And that actually right here, right now, I'm safe, I'm okay, and everything is fine. Um, and then as a result of that, I did lots of reading and a book that really kind of changed things for me was called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Um, and that very much kind of just talks about the value of 
of the present moment. We have we have only have one moment in time and it's this moment right now. You know, the past is the past. We can't change it. The future hasn't happened yet. All we have and all we can control is right here, right now. So it was very much a sort of a light bulb lived in experience of a moment that I then went on to research and find out more. And uh, yeah, then then took me down the route of wanting to get my my qualification and accreditation in mindfulness teaching. That is so inspirational. So so it's it's I can I can see see what you're doing there. So you are you are living in the moment with your your mindfulness, and it seems to me you've actually picked up the resilient techniques as you're going along and then you've kind of got your journey has taken this sort of sidestep you've you've gone out for this walk you are in your your own space and you and you've got this sort of this light bulb moment and you and you're looking at things really differently and you're looking at all the nice things in life so your birds your music Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden this sort of triggered moment and this sort of life event is has put you in completely different stead and you've gone mm. a separate way and then I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself and please correct me if I'm wrong you're sort of thinking to yourself oh my gosh what has happened here where where am I going now this this is amazing I, I've completely changed direction here and it's and it's mm. all new and, and how does that make you feel oh really excited really really excited you know I'm, I'm a big believer that um you know, the universe will send us lessons until we learn them. Um, and for me, it was, um, the, the irony is, is I'd, I'd actually done an eight week mindfulness course about five years ago. Um, and it was something that was set up through my employer at the time. And it was was part of their wellbeing strategy of, you know, this is, this is a proven, um, proven way of living that helps to reduce stress and anxiety and depression you know when I went through the motions because again people pleasing me here of you know wanting volunteers to go on this course and you know and I did it but I wasn't a hundred percent present in that moment I was there because I thought I had to do it rather than because I actually wanted to do it and wanted to learn about it so I'm a big believer in things come to you at the right time. And, and I feel like this had to happen to me and, and, and in the way it did for me to really learn and kind of wake up. Um, and, you know, I still cont- continue to do my, my charity work. I absolutely adore it, but it's absolutely fundamental to me now. I feel like my purpose is to kind of want to share that, you know, I've been at that rock bottom I've been to the point where the stress and the anxiety is consuming me so much that I just think I don't want this life if this is what life is if if living is constantly being plagued by these thoughts and these feelings well I don't want it and to go from that to finding something that has kind of brought me back to life as I'd say and given me a a brand new outlook on life um I'm so grateful that it happened. It was it was terribly difficult at the time and I wouldn't wish it on anybody and I wouldn't necessarily want to have to go through it again. But it happened for a reason and it happened so that I could possibly help others who are who are going through similar circumstances um, find ways to feel better. And they haven't you haven't got to acquire stuff or things to feel better you can do it right now without your circumstances having to change 
it's just a slight shift internally and that can seem really really scary but oh the benefits are just incredible incredible so that sitting me here um, in Wolverhampton you you are not worried about the future you you are living in the here and now and is, is is that what you're doing now in this interview you're not worrying about anything else absolutely I mean don't get me wrong I'm human there, there will be moments where I'm you know worried about what's going to happen next week or in a year but actually I can't control it worrying about it isn't going to change the outcome um there's a I, I don't know if uh, if you're familiar with the film Bridge of Spies with Tom Hanks but there's a very prominent quote um towards the end of that film uh where there's a, a character who is being sent back into a um, into what would be quite a stressful or a worrisome situation, um, and Tom Hanks's character says to this other person, "Are you worried about it?" And the character says, "Would it help?" And for me, that's a real sort of realization of no matter amount of stress or worry or trying to think about the situation changes the outcome we're humans we want to search for those answers don't we to the unanswerable questions of you know am I ever going to you know am I ever going to meet anybody ever again am I ever going to be able to um, achieve so and so some of these questions there aren't answers to so spending precious time worrying about them just robs you of the beauty of the moment that you're in at the moment so I'm very much living for now. I'm very much understanding that anything, you know, stuff, people, things, I want them because they're nice to have, not because they're going to make me happy, not because they're going to be the be all and the end all of my existence. They will just be nice to have. Um, and actually the, the beauty of, of life and the very best moments, the happiest moments, just coming from being 100% present in what you're doing and where you are right now. That, that, that is truly inspirational. And, and honestly, I can, I can see that that is so powerful. And the, the fact that you've spent the time to look at what's going on and, and finding the right techniques for you as well. It's, it, it's so amazing. Do you find yourself accompanying the techniques um, to the mindfulness, the, the, the sort of the exercise? Do you feel you, you've actually looked at your diet as well? Um, who you are, who you are associated with? You've learned from the people around you. You're feeling that either they've changed or you've helped them change. How do you feel that people are changing and people are trying new things yourself and everyone around you and people are more aware of um, their own well-being and especially since COVID as well. Have you found that or have you found that people are still stuck um, in the Victorian era? How, how do you feel about that? Um, I definitely think then we're seeing a shift, um, you know, from my immediate network of, of friends and family. I think that them seeing me go through what I went through has definitely kind of prompted a couple of them to, to consider their own needs. Um, I, I do think there is still, you know, we, we're just on a constant treadmill, aren't we? Like life seems to be busier than ever. And, you know, we're, we're doing more with less. We're, we're striving for these goals for perfection. 
it can be hard to get off that treadmill and it can be hard to come out of autopilot because you a lot of us are kind of just blindly me doing these things and not even checking in to see whether we actually want to do them so I'm, I'm you know I, I, as I've started to develop my my practice a little bit more and I'm talking more openly about it I'm seeing more and more people come forward and just kind of sharing a little bit of curiosity of you know oh what's that and what you know what is mindfulness and how has it benefited you and you know there's there's more and more people that are coming to me and kind of just wanting to kind of engage in a few little practices and learn a little bit more about it equally there are those who you know I, I can probably see that I think these sorts of practices would help but they're perhaps not quite at the right time for them to, for them to start practicing it um but I do think that that COVID has kind of taught us to assess our needs a little bit more, you know, is really that realisation of why are we doing things and what about what's our motivation for it? Um, you, you mentioned earlier kind of about, you know, like diet and stuff. So definitely the mindfulness practice has kind of made me far more aware of of what I'm putting into my body. Um, I, I can definitely um, recognise now when when I'm eating through stress and anxiety versus when I'm eating because I'm hungry and I need to nourish my body. So um, I'm aware that perhaps when I'm, I'm starting to feel a little bit stressed or anxious because, you know, just a caveat, I, I still have those moments, but mindfulness makes me more aware of them. They, they're not gone completely. Um, but mindfulness has not allowed me to go, OK, so I'm feeling stressed and anxious and that's why I want to consume you know, this piece of junk food, or that's why I want to have that drink. Um, and it just gives you a moment to kind of stop and go, do I really want this? Or is it just because I'm feeling quite stressed and quite anxious at the moment? Um, and, you know, not only feeding your body, but feeding your mind, you know, is, is making sure that you're around good people and people who you um, are on the same wavelength with or not even necessarily people who are the same as you but people who are who are good for the soul essentially so one of one of the things I did was I came off all social media um, so absolutely it's wonderful and it's just it's such a beautiful and brilliant tool in so many ways but for me it was just kind of enhancing this kind of these perceptions of perfection and ideals and and for me it's not something I can be around right now um because it definitely triggers something in me of you know oh you should be doing this better or there's a better mm -hmm. mindfulness teacher or there's someone else that looks perfect or you know here's the latest thing that I need to buy or have um you know I'm just kind of realizing now that I just need to live my life as authentically as possible and not compare myself to others um, and those that want to work with me and and you know those that want support from me will find me in the right ways um, it doesn't necessarily have to be because I've got an amazing social media feed I'm not to say that I'll never go on there you know it's just for now whilst I'm still kind of so fresh out of my own recovery um, it's not something that 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 is right for me right now um but that's it is just finding your own ways and it, you know there isn't one size fits all is that you know we all we're all such unique beings and we've all got unique and different ways of of coping and finding strategies to feel better this is just a strategy that has helped me um and I'd like to share it with others in the hope that it would help others but 
maybe it will or maybe it won't but um even if it just helps one person to feel better then oh I've done my job do you feel do you feel like now this has happened to you you feel like you are reaching out to more people or are you still are you still quite aware of actually I don't want to get back to the counselor role because I don't want to to get in that state you don't want to go back now you've put all these techniques and you've gone on this journey where you're you're changing and um, maybe you might be leaving people behind you don't want to go back to that are you quite aware of you still need to be thinking clearly to to not go back to how you were before yeah so I definitely think I still I think it's going to be built in me I'm naturally going to be that that counsellor type person but I'm also aware now of when I'm I'm taking on baggage or I don't want to say baggage I'm taking on emotional stuff that isn't my own so I, I've, I've kind of got very good at sort of you know still being there for people but um, not carrying and stuff and not putting stuff in my backpack that I don't need to um, you know that it can be it can be really heavy to carry things that aren't yours and um, you also aren't necessarily excuse me aren't necessarily helping people by carrying that burden for them but you can be there as an advocate and a supporter and a listening ear but you don't necessarily have to solve everything for everybody um, so I think I'm always naturally going to be that person that wants to help but I'm no longer going to do it at the detriment to my own to my own needs and to my own emotions and feelings because I was going to ask you if that situation happened to me so for example if you did because all you know about me is that I love music because that's what mm. I said on my podcast mm. um and we're going to go into the music in just a second yeah. um if you if you met me and I um had experienced what you did after mm. you've gone through what would the one piece of advice be to me to to sort of deal with it from because obviously Ooh. you are reading body language and you're reading yeah. what what I'm saying from from talking to me today what would the one um, piece of advice be for me oh interesting um I think it would just to kind of to show yourself a little bit of kindness um and it you know it's I'm, I'm more, a bit hesitant really to kind of give a, a blanket kind of piece of advice for everybody and I you know everybody's unique and got their own um lived in experiences and feelings but being kind to yourself and that doesn't necessarily always mean that you know it's it's treating yourself to stuff or you know that that is a good way of being kind to yourself or um mm -hmm. you know self-care but it's just watching the way that you speak to yourself you know you're you have you and only you for the rest of your life you know people will come and go and that's you know that's not being me being negative it's it's a fact of life people do come and go from your life nothing is ever guaranteed but you've got you for the rest of your life so just be mindful of the way that you speak to each other and if speak to yourself sorry and just show yourself a little bit of kindness if you wouldn't say something to another person don't say it to yourself well, that's a really good piece of advice there I think it's it's for me and my experience it's that mind talk because you are so used to helping each other that perhaps people may have their own trials and tribulations and they they need to concentrate on yourself and I think it's it's hard finding that out but I do think that 
you just need to stay in your own space and do what you need to yeah. do and then I think leave people alone possibly and mm. then perhaps mm. they may come back and and that kind of thing but I I would like to talk to you around music now because this is something yeah. I know about so I know you are influenced by some very very important people but I'm going to discuss with you the music now so yeah. your five music um songs are going to be on the Spotify network and I'm going to put that together for you a little bit later but if you go to the Gail Louise Turner Helping Hands podcast series to episode three that's where your songs are going to be so these these really really powerful um so I'm going to talk you through them one by one and ask you what inspiration you have by them and what meaning they have to you but first of all someone to love by queen yeah oh this was um so this brings back some really lovely memories of me sit standing in my bedroom as a oh I'm 12 13 year old um just having discovered cd players probably showing my age back there um and my mom having the best of queen albums or two best of queen albums and just sort of sitting in my room just playing them on repeat on repeat on repeat um and you know like most teenagers kind of standing in the mirror and pretending to be Freddie Mercury and singing along to these songs but this somebody to love for me is just there's something about um there's a little bit of obviously like sadness to it because he's very much talking about you know is anybody going to find me somebody to love um you know and I felt like that for a long time you know as well is you know in, in between relationships everyone kind of perhaps thinks you know am I lovable when am I going to find somebody that's going to love me or that I can love um but I suppose it's kind of not only is it just a wonderful song and extremely extremely catchy um but it's almost kind of took on a bit of a new meaning for me now of finding me somebody to love is me you know it's not somebody else um is I found myself to love, you know, and I'm going to love me warts and all the good parts, the bad parts and everything in between. That's, that's, that, that's amazing. I mean, I think different songs have interpretations. So you're, you're using that as um, to yourself, but somebody might twist that on its head and say that you're, you need somebody to love. And I think it's important to sort of, to, to get each other's inspiration on it because that song might have been heard by somebody who was born in the 1970s and the 1980s and each each generation and each person will have a different interpretation so it's yeah. really really nice to, to hear, hear that such a positive in, um, interpretation there so the next one I'm going to ask you now Freedom by George Michael and I think this one is from the 1990s isn't it so again it just uh wonderful song you know inc incredibly catchy but again there's, there's there's been something in for me is just kind of this is just a song about somebody who's finally found a bit of freedom and has kind of re released the shackles of a previous life and is now living their true authentic self and it's just you know again has just took on a brand new meaning for me is it was you know listen to it prior august 2020 it's always been a really catchy wonderful song um but now it's just kind of taken on a just an extra 
beautiful meaning about um, just being free to be you and um, being unashamedly you and, you know, thanking everybody who's kind of been there along the way, but actually now you're moving forward as your true authentic self. There's very much a theme in all of my five songs here is, is very much this sort of thing of just freedom to, to love yourself and to be yourself. So that's, that, that's it, isn't it? And, and it's really, really weird that, and it's not really weird, but it's, it's apparent as you get older, the, these, the music and the clips come to you when you're, maybe you just, you're in your own space and you yeah. get this sort of, this true inspiration and you hear a song on the radio and you think to yourself, this is, this has got a new meaning to me. I may have heard this back in 1998 and it had this meaning, but today it, it has a different meaning and it's a lot more powerful and yeah. you kind of get that smile on your face and it and it is you may you may sort of remember the bad meaning but then today you might think well this today yeah. this is a positive song and this this is helping me and and I, and I kind of get where you come from there so the next one now is always there incognito wow yeah proper throwback for that one um but again this is just a this is a song that I regularly put on um, just because it feels good to listen to it's a really upbeat dancey song you know something for me is one of the really small but beautiful pleasures in my life is just kind of putting on some music and dancing around my living room so still doing that thing I did when I was 12 years old and, and singing into the mirror but doing it you know 20 years later um, is is just kind of it just makes me feel good it makes me want to move um and again moving your body is is is, is something else that I've learned is that is so massively important for my own well-being is always had a bit of a strained kind of relationship with exercise again because I mentioned earlier on you know I'm not very good at it I've never really been very good at sports I couldn't do yoga um or I wasn't very good at yoga but actually just dancing and moving your body is a really way to kind of just get that heart pumping, but it feels really, really good. I haven't got to strive to achieve anything in there. You know, I'm not, I'm not training to run a marathon. I'm just there moving. And this song for me is the ultimate move your body song. And, and you've sort of, you, you, you're trying and trying again. So it's, if you, if you don't succeed, try and try again. It's that old saying there that you have, you have got back onto the bike um and I always remember I don't know if you you've seen Doctor Who um I don't know if you like this and, and this is my favorite program and I hope you don't mind me saying that one of the characters Ryan Sinclair he is he has got dyspraxia and um he he really really struggled to to get back on the bike and then right at the end of the episode he he um he sort of decided to get back on the bike and and I can see that and you. you've got that sort of sheer driving determination even though you've gone through all of this this strife and all of these learnings between yourself and what you've learned about yourself and others you, you're still trying and, and that's a really really positive step and and how does that make you feel that people are actually seeing you that you are a doer and you are a trier oh it, it it's great you know if it if it helps other people as well but I'm you know very you know, it's it. I've, I've almost kind of been this whole, you know, feeling not good enough for a very long time was I also manifested in me not wanting to um, kind of show any display of um, pride in myself, you know, but I'm, I'm because I thought it was, you know, 
you know, I didn't think I was very good. So I certainly didn't want to be telling other people that I thought I was very good. But actually now I can kind of look back and go, I'm, I'm proud of how far I've come and that, you know, even though I was on the floor, I always knew that I wanted to stand back up again. Um, you know, and I still have moments where I'm, you know, I keep thinking, oh, I should be further ahead or I should do this or I should do that. But I'm actually really proud of how far I've come so far. Um, so it's wonderful. And I, I do hope it inspires other people. But it's a it's nice to suddenly kind of have have yourself as a bit of inspiration you know is is have yourself as a bit of a role model and you know I make no apologies I don't want that to sound you know um overzealous or you know like that I'm you know full of yourself it's not I just think if you know being your own role model and being your own reason to get up in the morning it's amazing so that the, the power is within um, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sort of getting that positive message absolutely but I suppose you've, you've learned that much later though, have you? Or have you always had it in you? Oh gosh, no. It's definitely been something I've it's definitely been something I've learned in the last 12 months or so. Perhaps it's always been perhaps it's always been trying to kind of eke through at little different moments. Um, but you know, this this the last the last 12 months has been a great teacher for me. Um, yeah, and it's and it's something I, I never want to it's something I never want to forget and it's something I'll carry with me forever now so the next song on the list then is are you Paul Covergirl oh so this again so this is RuPaul this is um the world's most famous drag queen so again this is something for me where I mentioned sort of like my incognito song is just good and it gets me up moving um drag queens are sort of like my guilty pleasure of just um there's just something just beautiful and expressive about um about drag culture for me and um it makes me feel really really happy is to you know maybe watch um a show or see a live performance is just someone using um you know feeling completely inhibited and using just a wonderful expression of music and performance to be able to be the best version of themselves. Um, so RuPaul um, is, is probably the most famous drag queen and um, Covergirl is the, is, the ultimate, um, is the ultimate drag queen song. So I just threw that one in there as a nice little bit of a, um, as a homage to drag culture, because again, it's just, it's something that brings me huge pleasure, huge joy, um, and is a wonderful form of expression. So have you ever, have you ever actually been to see, um, a drag queen act anywhere? Have you, have you participated in that? Endless. I've not participated myself, but I've, I've supported from the sidelines very much so, um, and yeah, very much at a local level. So Wolverhampton has a really strong growing um, LGBTQ plus network. Um, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to support um, the development of, of that work in Wolverhampton. Um, I've got some very good friends who work on the LGBTQ plus um, board and I'm just incredibly supportive of kind of building environments where people feel that they can be their true authentic selves without fear of being ridiculed or hurt so yeah it's um, I'm a big fan of of of, of that culture and um, I'm willing to to kind of support it in any way I can 
Do you think people are more sort of open-minded today with, with, with things like that? Because I know um, back in the early 80s, we had this sort of new, new romanticism. Um, and today we, we sort of have, you know, the LGBT network where people are being more expressive. Do you think people are more sort of supportive or do you still think there's a bit of a stigma there? And do you, do you think and maybe you would want to campaign for people to be a little bit more supportive and open minded because it may help people's mental health if that was the case? Mm. I do think, you know, my own personal opinion is that men, people's mental health suffers when they they feel that they're unable to be their true authentic selves. You know, they're, you know, perhaps perhaps the struggle comes from trying to be and put on a facade or trying to fit in and, and not being truly who you are or, or who you're meant to be. Um, so I'm, I'm not surprised really if people feel that they can't be 100% expressive of their own needs and wants and, 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 and being their true self, how it could lead to some real mental health issues. I think there's been huge progress, you know, we're perhaps more and more tolerant these days, but also, you know, there's, there's, there's still, there's, we've still got a long way to go, haven't we? And there's still a large number of people who are discriminated against and people who are um, judged just because they are themselves and because they are you know I'm using inverted commas here again you know they are different well there's nothing wrong with being different in fact it's it's a beautiful quality to have um, so I would like to hope and see that over the next you know next generations that we we build a, a culture where being different isn't a bad thing. Being different is is celebrated. It's wonderful. It's beautiful, um, and just that we we start to kind of just be a bit more tolerant of people being themselves. That's all we could ever ask people to be is is one hundred percent themselves. Do you think? <laughs> that covid has made people worse because they are restricted and they haven't had that sort of escapism to escape the sort of the discrimination of people do you think because people are locked in now they they haven't got anywhere to go so they their, their behavior has got worse and they are sort of coming at you or do you think people are more mindful of what they're doing do you, do you have you come across that at all um, I suppose because you know I, I took the decision to to come off social media, so I'm I'm not immediately kind of in and, and seeing, you know that um, a lot of the the hate and the abuse that appears online. Um, I'm obviously very aware of it, and it's just it's awful. Um, I, I I don't know really. I suppose you know it's it's. Uh, maybe maybe lockdown has encouraged people to find themselves more you know as you know they've they've not been able to go out and do their usual routine and they've not been able to do things that they perhaps do on autopilot and it's maybe given people an opportunity to take a step back and think huh why am I doing this and and do I really really want this um so in, in some senses, I imagine it, it may have helped to encourage people to really, truly find themselves. But for those that kind of rely on extra networks of support and being around people and finding mm -hmm. their identity through, you know, clubs and, and and various different initiatives and support groups by by not having that, I imagine it's become it's been quite difficult. Um, 
yeah so I, I you know I suppose perhaps for me personally part of a lot I spent a lot of Covid in a little bit of a in a excuse the expression a bubble um but it just sort of like a bubble of finding myself so it, it's been fairly positive for me um and you know I'm I'm hoping it won't take another pandemic for people to to really take a, a moment to stop and think and and think about what they want and find their true selves have you spent the time at home on yourself or have you had that sort of that odd coffee or have you have you actually um had that delight in in spending time on your own doing that different thing how have you found it so I, I did spend a huge amount of time by myself um you know part of that at first was a, I'm, I'm gonna say a little bit of stubbornness <laughs> a little bit of you know I can do it all by myself I don't need anybody else's help sort of thing um but you know I, I soon realized that I needed to call out for other people's support so as as much as it was valuable to spend that time by myself there was a period of time where I went back and I moved to live with um to live with uh, uh with my family so that I could be around them you know in, in those in those moments and obviously with with the covid restrictions you know I you know we had to form a bubble which was which was great because I was around people and prior to that I was on my own um yeah it's it it, it was a, I suppose I, I I had the best of both worlds with it really I, I had the opportunity to spend some time by myself and really do that reflective inner work but I also recognise that, you know, you can't always do it by yourself and there's no harm in asking other people for help and support. And actually, a lot of that help and support was just being in the company of people or a hug, you know, um, or just me and my dad sitting and doing the Sudoku puzzle. Um, You know, it didn't have to. It's not always about, you know, the therapy and talking things through. Sometimes it was just generally being in the presence of other people, which which helped a lot. And and I think I think that's so important. So, so for example, and I'm I'm gonna play devil's um advocate here. So if you were speaking to yourself in ten years, and say for example you had a little girl, and what would be the clear message that you you gave to her? what what would you say to her oh that she's so loved and that the best love that she will ever experience is the the love that she has for herself and you know to treat herself with kindness um to always talk to herself with kindness and to never never feel that her needs aren't important enough you know she is enough and she matters her own needs are important and her own wants are enough so that's that that's so that's so powerful and 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 when i think of that that future generations will be looking back on on the sort of techniques the holistic techniques um that that have come into play now they they will be doing the same things and they will be looking to the future and, and i think by then there will be a lot more sort of practices out there for people and the way that technology is 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 going there'll be so much out there and and i really do think people won't suffer as much and i, and I really hope hope that is the case your your final song now um starstruck years and years why why did you choose this and what is the message here so this is a very recent one it actually only um 
I think it only came out maybe a few weeks or a few months ago. Um, and again, sticking with the self-love theme, it's um, one, not only an extremely catchy song. Um, so uh, very kind of poppy, gets you dancing. Um, but again, there's, there's, there's also a message of, of self-love. So the reason that this also captivated me was, was the video that supports it. So there's, um, there's a line in this song that says, um, there's nobody else in this room that shines like you and I initially when I heard it thought that this was was a song about another person you know it was a love song about that this other person is so wonderful and, and beautiful and nobody else shines like this person but when you watch the video that accompanies this song it's about the lead singer is, is essentially singing this to himself. So nobody else in this room shines bright like you. Um, he's, he's singing it to himself. And, it, you know, this is very much a self-love song of, you know, it, the, the video, if, if anyone has the opportunity to watch it, is, is sort of follows this, this, this person trying to get away from them from their own self and by the end of the video sort of just recognizing and realizing that yeah I'm I'm all right actually I you know I do love myself and you know there's there's nothing to run away from is I'm 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 perfectly lovely and I'm perfectly perfect as I am you know is to start showing yourself the love that you show to others what, what what do you think in your ex experience and, and your opinion is is the actual the solution to actually finding self-love and to because it's hard isn't it to find mm -hmm. self-love when you when you've gone through these the emotional trauma the the negative the negative life situations that negative mind talk in your opinion how 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 and what do you sort of find to actually to get that trigger moment to, to sort of change your belief and get you to to being positive again and loving yourself but what is it what what is the, the the sort of light bulb moment because I don't know the answer to that question no I don't know the answer to that one either but I, I suppose I can only sort of share my experience is just I just remember having a moment of just just sort of saying to myself I just want to feel better you know, I'd, I'd tried to kind of make myself feel better through accumulating things and stuff and relationships and statuses and, you know, and it hadn't worked. I, I was still feeling worse than ever. So it was kind of, you know, that real, that real moment of, of kind of reflecting and looking inwards. Um, and I think it the, there was something in I, I mentioned it earlier, you know, standing in the mirror and looking at my body covered in this harsh and painful eczema was just maybe a bit of a stark realization of this is what this is now the physical manifestation of you not loving yourself and, and neglecting yourself. Um, you know, and and all those years of, of talking down to yourself and putting your needs last, it's got me here. You know, it hasn't necessarily got me to a really happy, contented place. It's got me to a really dark, miserable, scary and frightening place. So that for me was a bit of a light bulb moment of kind of looking and 
thinking, where has this negative self-love and self, you know, sorry, where has this negative self-loathing got you? Um, and just a bit of a conscious decision of it's not, it's not, it's not healthy for me, it's not good for me. And what if, what if it just started with just changing the way I spoke to myself? So instead of looking at, you know, my body and thinking, why have you done this to yourself? I could look at my body and go, okay, so this is a sign now. This is a point where I can start to treat myself a little bit differently. And it would be things like, what am I putting into my body? So all of this sugar that I'm consuming because I feel stressed and anxious. And I think that for me is an act of, you know, self-love because I want the sugar and I'm giving myself the sugar. It's not because actually if I loved myself, I would understand and recognize that putting all of this in my body isn't doing me any good. So it's kind of looking at every decision that I make now of going, is this in my best interest? And, you know, I'm not sort of saying here that it, you I'm not promoting that everyone has to be completely selfish, selfish, sorry, and selfless. Um, sorry, I'm not expecting that everyone would suddenly become incredibly selfish and, you know, run out on all of their responsibilities and commitments to other people. But just kind of really taking a moment to think, am I doing this for the best interests of me and others? Or am I just doing it to support other people? You know, is this decision I'm about to make, is it, a, is it good for me? Or am I going to find that I'm suffering in the long run because of it? That, 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 is, something, that is something serious to think about. So are you, are you back at work now? Yes, I'm really pleased I'm back. So I started back in January. Um, and I am um, back doing um, four days a week in, in my charity role, which I absolutely love. And then I'm spending uh, I'm spending one day a week um, doing some mindfulness work, um, volunteering my time with uh, with a little bit of mindfulness practice as I go on my journey towards um, getting my accreditation and qualification as a mindfulness teacher and coach. So that that is your future and current plans, and that that's 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 what you're doing now. You, you've got the 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 two, the two career paths, but you're helping yourself and you're helping um, others. Absolutely, you know the charity work is great for me. You know I I, I get my I'm helping others through that. Um, but the mindfulness is not only would I obviously want to help others who are struggling and, and mindfulness is a great way to to support people who are feeling stressed and anxious and depressed. But it's also a little something for me as well. You know, I absolutely adore the practice. I love to talk about it. I love to share techniques. I love to talk about the principles and the attitudes of mindfulness so I'm aware it's not only helping others, but it's also really helping me. It's something for me too. Have you felt more, have you seen more people coming to talk to you about it now that they, they they are aware that you're sort of focusing on spirituality? Have you have you actually sort of felt empowered by people coming to you and saying, oh, my gosh, I had no idea that you actually like that. Oh, tell me about this. Tell me about are, are you finding that sort of that longer conversation? Oh, 
absolutely more and more people and you know I'm, I'm, I'm almost now kind of struggling <laughs> to keep up with the conversations they're so wonderful they really are but the more people that I'm sort of telling that this is this is what I'm doing the the more and more people that are coming forward and, and wanting to support and you know wanting to learn about it and wanting to learn mindfulness practices and and ways of living mindfully and I'm you know I'm over the moon to want to kind of help and support with that so that yeah absolutely it's almost kind of took me to to go through what I've gone through to open up that conversation with others and you know not be not be afraid and scared to talk openly about what's happened and actually then you know it encourages other people to 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 want to kind of maybe start those conversations it was um mental health awareness week not too long ago um and you know at the beginning of may and i um volunteered to share a little bit about my story again not for glory or recognition or anything like that but just purely in the hope that it would um, encourage others to think about um, about their own mental health. And I'm just I've been absolutely blown away by the response from my colleagues who, are, you know, have had gone away and had conversations about their own mental health, either with either with their line managers or with their own family or friends. Um, and, you know, this is why I think these sorts of things are so important. It's not about glory or recognition or anything like that. It's just the more people I think who are open and unashamedly have conversations about mental health and, you know, what they've done to kind of get through really hard times, um, the more it will normalise it to have these sorts of conversations. They're no longer taboo. They're no longer you know stigmatized the more we talk about it the more openly we do um the more normal it would become and just to thank you gail for you know providing these kinds of podcasts are just essential you know because there could be one person out there just sitting listening and thinking oh this sounds kind of this is ringing quite true for me and even if it just prompts one person to kind of go and read up a little bit more or reach out to a friend or family or a professional and you know and say I'm struggling and I, and I need a bit of support just thank you for providing that fantastic um, vehicle for people to be able to do that. Thank you. And I, th I think I think when I've sort of researched the podcast, I, I, I have sort of got that that true meaning as well, that the more the more you learn, the more you listen, you, you kind of you relate to it a lot more and you can empathize. And then you feel like you're learning and you're educating others as well. And I think for people who do suffer from sort of anxiety and worrying about things, you you kind of get a, a deep understanding of what others are going through and I think and I think it's really empowering so thank you thank you for that Grace so so to you um you have so much curiosity and knowledge is there anything else in the pipeline in the future that you are actually going to have a look at and that you that may be in the holistic therapies or something completely different because we Ooh. we are sort of going to the end of may now and things are going to be opening up what 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 sort of things yeah. have, have you thought about anything or are you still keeping day by day so i'm still very much kind of trying to keep day by day at the moment the the mindfulness practice is building i'm delivering um my first eight week um, mindfulness course starting next week. So that's, um, you know, an hour and a half a week. And we look at various different practices and ways of being mindful. And we have some fantastic chats about mindfulness and what it is and how it can enhance people's lives. 
So I'm really, really excited that that goes live from the 1st of June. Um, but I'm also kind of looking a little bit more into, um, uh, into just other aspects of wellness. So um, I run a, a, a book club every other Sunday called well, the Wellbeings Book Club, where we just look at um, various different pieces of wellness content. It might have been a podcast, it might be a news article, it might be um, a chapter in a book, um, anything that looks at um, anything that just encourages wellness. And I'm talking, you know, like physical, mental, heart, body, mind, soul, anything that um, helps to encourage that, that good feeling inside. Um, and then perhaps, you know, a little bit further down the line, I'm, I'm really interested in, um, for me, something that worked quite well for me um, with dealing some of with some of the physical sides, um, physical symptoms of, of um, stress was acupuncture. So I had a fair few um, acupuncture treatments, um, particularly to help de deal with some of the pain that I was experiencing at the time. Um, and that area, that kind of holistic area of therapy absolutely fascinates me so I'm just again I'm mindful of um I'm, I'm reading and learning about it just because it interests me at the moment I've, I've very much learned I don't always have to you know I hasn't haven't got to make a career out of it I hasn't got to be I haven't got to necessarily achieve anything from it I'm just really learning just loving learning about different ways and means of 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 looking after yourself um, so yeah, that's hopefully what's coming up in the next in the next few months. And that technique, that sort of extra helping hand, helped you. Um, that technique, whereas possibly something else would would help. That 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 was your individual journey to 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 yeah. go down that route. And you said earlier you wouldn't have sort of ended upon this journey unless you had them sort of original yeah. triggers, because it was it three years old, wasn't it? When mm. when you experienced some sort of thoughts mm. and feelings. Yeah, absolutely. I look back now and how it all interconnects and it's fascinating, isn't it, really, to think that, you know, um, from such a young age, something was was triggered so quickly and, you know, and I hadn't even realised it wasn't even a conscious effort of, um, wasn't even conscious awareness that that I was being triggered, you know, until, until last year when I had this breakdown. So, um, yeah it's it's amazing how it all connects and how it works back and absolutely it's if this hadn't have happened and if I hadn't have had that really really difficult period last year I wouldn't be here I wouldn't be talking to you now it's it's amazing it's um it's it's wonderful and there is beauty and there is opportunity in everything in you know in, in in every situation even if even if we can't see it at the time these are incredible lessons um and they enrich our lives and i do see that and i think um today people are going on zoom they are having them conversations they are listening to podcasts and i think in hindsight it's great listening to other people's podcasts um, I know, I know with my Helping Hands project, I am sharing all different films and televisions and sort of self-help things that I've seen that may help others that have helped me even putting that sort of smile on my face or laughter. Yeah. I've, I've recognized that helps me. So I've, I've accompanied it alongside my Spotify to, to help them people out there because 
different things help different people mm-hmm. like you've said the, the mindfulness helps you the, the yoga the walk and I think there's so much things out there to help people and it's great um to use every single thing now yeah. uh just as a f- final thought there because I'm so proud of the NHS helping people with yeah. with with COVID and and saving everyone's lives are you a true advocacy of other techniques so your your holistic therapy so you've talked around your acupuncture there so I know that's dealing with all the the, the meridians and your, mm. and your yogas with all of the chakras do you actually think a lot of these illnesses so you've talked around your autoimmune disease and your eczema mm. is a lot of it in the head or is mm. that a lot of it genetic or um the life experience do you believe we we do need the sort of the gp medical practitioner as well or do you think we should actually go down the route of holistic therapies first i think i personally think they both work you know they can work very well hand in hand you know it's um absolutely I couldn't agree with you more just the 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 incredible work that our NHS and all of the kind of like um medical and clinical practitioners do is just absolutely phenomenal um when I would when I initially went off and was signed off from work I was very conscious that um my GP very much wanted to treat the symptoms so was you know very much wanted to encourage me to perhaps look at medication and that sort of thing and absolutely you know for some people it's it's essential you know and it helps tenfold you know it's we're all unique aren't we and we all respond very differently to things but I was for me it was the I I was wanting somebody to support me with not only treating the physical symptoms but I wanted to help find the original cause and for me personally I think the original cause like you'd said had come from the mind and for me that the best way to treat that was going to be holistically um so I didn't have um medication in the end but I did access um you know all of the fantastic support through the NHS you know through cognitive behavioral therapy um counseling and psychotherapy and absolutely I think it was a very essential part of my recovery but also equally a very big part of my recovery was doing that holistic work was going inward was looking at where perhaps this had had triggered from like we'd said at a very very early age at the age of three years old um and, you know, that's not something that a doctor or a GP is going to look at or explore or actually has the time to, you know, in their allotted, what, 10 minute appointments with you. Um, and that's something that, you know, I was I did a lot of it myself and I'm, I'm in a fortunate position where I was able to perhaps fund some of that extra work, you know, like with coaches and that sort of thing and and buy meditation apps and buy books and all that sort of thing. For me, I believe the future of, of mental health care is providing that really all round holistic support. You know, it's 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 not like you're just treating a broken bone, is it? You know, you're not just going to put a cast on um, and hope that that bone will heal because that's a treatment that will work for everybody. Everyone's had their own unique experiences. Everyone's an individual 
and what's led them to perhaps some of these difficulties with the mental health will be completely unique to them and their own situation and I think the treatment of that needs to be unique too so absolutely like I've said mindfulness has been really really wonderful for me but it might not be for everybody you know it's I think we're all so unique and so wonderful and that the way we treat um we the way we treat these things and the way that we move forward to have the happiest healthiest of lives is to is to be completely unique in the way that we we respond to that and did you and obviously you've gone through your 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 personal journey do you actually think that you took too much on and it 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 was meant to happen to you and you needed to to experience that situation out of the blue for for you to change and get better do you feel that needed to happen i did absolutely i think it needed to get to the point that it did for me to really learn because i think if this hadn't have happened i'd have still carried on doing what i was doing and quite frankly you know i was not in a good place mentally i was also really physically unwell um i dread to think what would have happened if i'd have just tried to keep carrying on taking on absolutely everything so i 100% believe that this had to happen for me to stop and take notice and and really and truly wake up and do you think you will be cured so um i know that you can you can look after the eczema with medical um you know ailments and things like that but do you do you really think that you need to sort of go back to square one and look at the mind to, to cure to cure the autoimmune disease you can't just have antibiotics and the, and the lotions you do need to sort of look at the root cause yeah absolutely i completely agree and you know it will never be you know it's like you said i think we can medicine's great for treating the symptoms isn't it but i you know perhaps it doesn't necessarily always look at the root cause so for me now it's 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 amazing really sort of i've i've got that awareness that i know my triggers now i know my physical body triggers when i'm starting to feel quite stressed and anxious so i'll start to feel that tightness in my chest again um or i'll start to feel that aching in my hips and for me it's just it's a bit of a reminder of your you're taking too much on again you're getting stressed and you're getting anxious this is for you to stop and take a moment and reflect and look back and go how can i really how, am i putting myself first here or am i going kind of slipping back into old habits and old ways and you know so far it's still you know i'm still relatively you know new into this journey i'm not i'm never don't think i'm going to be 100% cured at all but I'm, I'm aware of my triggers now and I'm aware of I'm aware of it much sooner and I'm a, I, I'm listening to those signals in my body so I know the instant that my chest starts getting tight it's that I'm starting to feel quite stressed and anxious about something and nine times out of ten I can look back and go oh it's because perhaps I agreed to do this when really I should have done that um so yeah, it's 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 been a huge wake up call for me, and this it's almost like my own little guide guide light system now is is listening to my body to know when I'm when I'm going off track. If you if you were to be coming to that that circumstance again, where you you know you have that tight chest and 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 you stop and um, who would be the the first port of call? Would you would you ring the GP or would you would you go to and find yourself a counsellor? 
or would you just sort of use your holistic techniques what mm-hmm. would you would you just what would you do so for me it's it's very much kind of using those holistic techniques is rather than just you know 12 months ago if I'd have got and I did you know I had a tightness in my chest and the extent of it would be oh my chest feels a bit tight that's a bit weird now if I feel that tightness in my chest I'm kind of thinking hmm, there's something deeper going on here I need to kind of maybe take a bit of a delve and a look into where I'm feeling stressed in my life am I taking too much on am I agreeing to do too much um, have I made a decision that goes against my core beliefs or boundaries is that perhaps where it's being triggered um, but I also have a coach as well I, I have a coach um, that I check in with once a month um that just kind of helps to kind of keep me on track with these things so it's not somebody that will um kind of we're not looking back we're not necessarily looking at um you know what's gone on in the past um that was wonderful for me to be able to do but I personally now feel like I'm at a point where I want to kind of use what I've learned to start moving forward and the coach just kind of helps me to check in um and just see where I'm perhaps you know, feeling a little bit stressed or a little bit under pressure and where I could perhaps make better decisions moving forward. And the absolute best thing about a coach is, you know, you, you know, they're never going to tell you what to do, but they've got such a certain way of um, asking the right questions and directing the conversation. So you can really start to look and think, oh, so these are the areas that I need to maybe take a little bit more of a look at. And this is the area where I perhaps need to shine the, the magnifying glass on a little bit more. Um, so for me, it's a combination of kind of continuing to use those holistic techniques that I've learned and checking in with, with a coach that I have once a month. And if, if it did get to that point where I was starting to feel where it was maybe becoming extremely overwhelming again, uh, you know, I've learned now that there's no glory in keeping it all to yourself and trying to do it by yourself. You know, I, I will talk regularly with friends and family and I would never, ever hesitate if I needed to to go back to my GP perhaps if I needed some extra level of support perhaps if my my anxiety was getting so bad that I did need to that I did need to perhaps look at maybe kind of any medicinal treatment then you know then I would I'm, I'm very open to um to what I think you know you need as an individual at that time um I think it's just being open and being willing to ask for support you don't always need to do it by yourself so if you like like you said if you did get to that point and you didn't know what to do and you did sort of you, you suffered all them because I don't I don't know about you but I've researched and some people get guilt, feel guilty about asking for help and you don't want to to upset people and you don't want to be the person who always goes to the NHS and say please please cure cure me I, I, I don't I don't know what's up with me and it, and it must be hard really grace sort of experiencing yeah. that yeah it is and you you know people don't you you feel like you're burdening people with stuff you know and you know I was very aware that during the pandemic you know um working in a in a a charity healthcare environment which was a clinical environment so you know we were dealing with with people who had covid and and a, a lot of our staff were working on the front line you know I just sort of felt like I don't want to burden anybody else with what I'm going through here because 
there's something bigger than me and and my needs aren't as important you know and and I held off for a long time saying anything because I felt like my needs weren't as important you know in in the in the grand scheme of things but at the end of the day suffering is suffering you know whether you've whether you're on the front line during covid or whether you've expen- experienced something completely horrendous or actually you're just feeling a bit off if you're struggling there's no comparable you know it hasn't got to be on a scale of 1 to 10 of i'm suffering at a 10 whereas someone else is only suffering at a 3 you know it's 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 speaking out and just kind of having that 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 kind of removed and impartial viewpoint you know whether it's from a friend or a family member or or a colleague at work or a you know a gp a medical professional or somebody online you know a stranger online the value in just talking about it there's there's such power in that there really is because it's a lot for you to carry by yourself um and i don't know i tried to carry it by myself for such a long time um and you you know by talking to people you're not expecting or asking them to fix things but it's just just sharing it with somebody just instantly feels better so it's okay to have that 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 rant and rave or that sort of moan or mm. that sort of like oh, do you know what do you know what i really don't like this can yeah. can i just shout at you and just give and just and just like yeah. can i just get that off my chest um and and i guess you, you've done that and you feel a little bit better oh totally you know there's um I sometimes think that we 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 feel the need that we've got to be positive all the time you know and um oh I, I don't want to say how I'm really feeling because it's going to bring people down or I, I should feel more positive because you know I was certainly feeling well I've got a really nice life and you know I shouldn't feel bad because I've got a life that many people would cover but I was feeling miserable you know it's there's no harm in just admitting that you're not feeling all right right now that the, that you're not feeling okay that you haven't got it all together that you're not feeling particularly positive that day it's okay to admit that you haven't got to be positive all of the time um you're human you're human at the end of the day and we're not built to be you know happy go lucky every minute of every single day Obviously, when it's when you're feeling low more parts of the day than you are happy, that's also something that, you know, that reaching out and talking about that is I just think there's power, there's power in community and there's power in collective. You know, we don't always have to take it all on ourselves, but at the same time, you don't always have to take on other people's stuff too. just sharing it, just having the opportunity to talk about it without the expectation that it's got to be solved yeah and, and I think you can't always solve the problem even if you do try and think uh, things are there to test us and you've got and you've got the lessons and maybe in 10 years time you think do you know what I really I really got why I experienced that and 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 I hope that you can laugh in 10 years time yeah do you yeah know what I mean? absolutely because I, I will I, yeah I'll... go on you will you will laugh in 10 years time yeah and you know I've, I've, I've always found, already found myself saying to people this is probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me like I, I often look back and go it was the best thing that happened in 2020 for me not at the time you know at the time it, it was awful and it was horrendous 
but now absolutely it was the best thing that could have happened to me um because without it I'd, I'd still be I'd still have the blinkers on and I still wouldn't be aware of you know why I was reacting or behaving in certain ways um it's it's been it's been a wonderful gift yeah and and you still suppose get them sort of well I mean I, I think if I went into that situation I would cringe at the the negative behavior that I would yeah that I would display because I'd think to myself well I've, I've, I've already learned this lesson what what am I doing and you still get them sort of guilt moments and you think oh I really shouldn't have done that I've, I've upset that person but like you you said and you give me great you, you've got to be kind to yourself and yeah. you've got to go back on the inner child and think okay I won't do that the next time and mm. other people are experiencing the, the these troubles and and things. So everybody is, and I think maybe society, and especially through COVID, hopefully people are opening up and and the seeing. And like you say, and you're giving great advice. It's okay to hold your hands up and go, oh, and stick your tongue out. I think, mm. oh, this is silly. Why is this happening? What's going on? Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. and it's not. And I think sometimes we analyze it too much. I you know I've been guilty of that. And maybe we shouldn't, maybe we should just say, oh, maybe it's just just this thing and it's it's great yeah. analysing, but maybe we shouldn't analyse too much. Yeah, and actually part of the, um, one of the attitudes of mindfulness is just a little bit of acceptance really of, you know, it's not always about, it's just sitting with how you're feeling and it's okay to just feel what you feel because your feelings are fluid and they'll move and they'll change from day to day. You know, there's no there's no judgment that you're feeling a particular way, isn't it? So like you'd said, you know, oh, I feel off, you know, I'm I'm feeling really I'm feeling really low. This how terrible of me that I'm feeling really, really low. I need to be more positive. Actually, it's just acknowledging and going, I'm feeling a bit low today. And that's all it needs to be. You know, it's a sort of we haven't necessarily got to look for the reasons why and we haven't got to overanalyze it. It's just I'm just feeling a bit off today. There's um, I read a, a really um, fantastic book called The Inside Out Revolution um, by Michael Neal, who's quite a, a, a prominent coach in America. Um, and it's very much looking at how, you know, we we give meaning to, to situations and we give meaning to thoughts. Things are just what they are. It, they're, they're either good or bad because we make them good or bad. Um, and there was a there's a, a really prominent chapter in that book that's called More Full Stops. So um, he, he gives an example of how. Um, um, a friend would come to him and say, I'm feeling really low today because I had an argument with my partner this morning and it makes me feel like that they don't appreciate me and that I'm going to that I'm going to end up alone. And before you know, it's kind of catastrophized and it's become the worst possible thing. And it's set that mood and that feeling for that entire day. Whereas actually, Michael Neal says we just need to put more full stops in. So it's just I'm feeling a bit low today full stop and I think and, and I think we do uh catastrophize it a little bit we, we we do put a bit too much oh and I think I, I think it's nice with with you doing your mi mindfulness really you are you are sort of actually you're realizing that you just need to just do what you need to do and and I think mm. I've learned that from you by speaking to you today you are you are very sensible from because you have gone through this hard thing and 
um i know it's you you talked around your eating disorder as well and that and that must be it must hurt having to to go through that and, and think about that and experience that as well and now you are looking at healthy and options and things like that my, my, my last question is have you have you thought about blogging what you've gone through or writing a book or going to youtube and actually speaking to people face to face and what you've got gone through and being a teacher and counselor have you ever yeah. thought about doing that and even making podcasts and what yeah. good looks like for them um absolutely i would love to and um I've, I've started to write down some thoughts and um, and I'm really hoping in the next couple of months that I'll get a, a blog live soon. Um, very much kind of still being aware that um, that, you know, I'm I'm think I'm going to be a recovering perfectionist for a long, long time. So, um, you know, it's um, like like I'd mentioned earlier, writing out a blog post for me is is quite hard, actually, because, you know, it's it's got to be perfect it's got to be brilliant um you know I've, I've wrote and rewrote it you know 10 or 12 times already and you know actually I want to just kind of get to a point where I feel that I can write freely and authentically and rawly and, and show a lot of vulnerability and that it hasn't got to be perfect you know it hasn't got to be this super polished pristine version before I hit send on that blog or publish on that blog um, so I'm still doing a little bit of kind of work on that that's for me to do over the next few months a little bit of inner work of noticing when when I'm trying to be too perfect with things um, because you know I, d I don't want to encourage that in, in myself or in others really it's just it's sharing my open and honest and raw vulnerabilities is what I'm hoping will I don't you know eventually kind of maybe draw people to wanting to kind of come and do some of the mindfulness stuff or just or just reach out and have a chat so I'm, I'm hopeful in the next few months that there will be a blog up and running and perhaps eventually when I start to get past some of this perfectionist tendency maybe I'll maybe I'll start to kind of maybe do a little bit more around podcasting or or even a book so um but this was this was also an opportunity for me to just you know is coming to this um coming to do this podcast with you without any you know prior to this you know six months ago I'd have wrote reams of notes and I would have had everything written down and everything written out in a perfect answer I've purposely tried to just kind of be very emotional and very vulnerable with you and answer um, honestly and truthfully rather than having the perfect prepared answer so I'm hoping that that's come across today and maybe maybe we'll see we'll see what happens going forward so so now you're sort of you are you're very much going with the flow now and I think um because you were you were that people please it before and I think now from from talking to you today and getting to know you 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 have changed the way you do things yeah absolutely and you know no it's not a perfect science I'm not there all of the time but you know I'm, I'm we're all kind of we're all learning and um we're growing in progress aren't we and I expect that to be the way for the for the rest of my life and for the rest of all of our lives we're never going to be the finished or complete product because what's the fun in that you know it's the, the fun's in the learning and the journey along the way so really um you <sighs> thinking about it you might suggest people to change but then where would the fun be in that they need to learn their own lessons and 
make mistakes and things and not judge people totally it's you know it's all I would ever encourage is that you can feel better you know it's not necessarily about having to change who you are as a person you are perfect as you are it's just about enhancing ways that you can feel better about yourself as you are you know you haven't got to change your body shape you haven't got to become inadvertent commas a better person you haven't got to be more positive you haven't got to strive you haven't got to be anything other than you are you other than your perfect beautiful authentic self um, and what I'd like to kind of offer is 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 kind of mindfulness practices that encourage you to accept that as as you are you haven't got to strive for anything different and I mean have you thought about recording sort of um actually through the mindful techniques the the yoga chants or even the meditation because today you've you've told a story very very well have you thought of actually recording your own chant or your own meditation and and explaining to other people have you have you thought of doing that as an add-on yeah so I think um or in fact I know so as part of um my accreditation for my for my mindfulness teaching is um so I mentioned delivering um an an eight-week mindfulness course which is once a week for for an hour a week um but also doing some some one-on-one work and for anybody that I do work with um people would get their own own recorded meditation practices essentially so um we we explore lots of different ways lots of different mindfulness techniques so some of them are perhaps like formal sitting meditations other them others are perhaps informal um mindfulness type practices which just encourage you to be completely 100% absorbed and aware in the activity that you're doing but yeah absolutely so anyone that did want to to perhaps work with me or wanted to find out a little bit more would get their own their own dedicated and personalized um meditation recording that they could then go away and and work with and and practice no and I really like that and and like you said um, right at the start even just hearing the bird music yeah. um, and I think or just uh, just closing your eyes and looking out the window and getting that little bit of fresh air I think it all helps doesn't it oh absolutely absolutely well I'd like to thank you for participating in my podcast um like like I said you have got your accompanying Spotify playlist um on Spotify which is under Gail Louise Turner Helping Hands podcast series two episode three with Grace so thank you very much Grace it's been lovely to chat to you today and in fact you have really educated me on all of the principles of uh, mindfulness and holistic therapies I actually forgot how how many techniques they are and it's and it's just about finding the the right plan and I'm so glad that you got that mentor who who is there for you and actually is the right person to talk to and I think I can see the benefits in that thank you I thank you so much for the opportunity I really really appreciate it no and I like the fact that you that you are taking all of the opportunities so I'm going to wish you a good night and um, take care of yourself thank you very much Grace thank you Gail